0: On this week's Bet the Process podcast, the first real podcast of the 2018 season, we will be talking about college football, what happened in the first week of the season, what implications it has to the national championship and to futures generally. We will be also talking about what happened in gambling news a little bit about the tout world like we always talk about. And then we're going to be moving on to NFL where we go division by division and point out some Values on future picks for teams to win the division rufus and I are introducing a new segment for both NFL and college where we actually give you guys five picks each Uh, both of us give them mine are good or oh, sorry, no, Rufus's are good. Mine are probably bad, but we'll see actually whether each of those are true. you can. We'll, we'll have in the description where each of these segments starts if you want to jump around. As always, the Bet the Process podcast is brought to you by the Sports Action app, which is the number one app for the sports gambler. It's available for free on the iTunes store and on Google Play and has all the best ways for you to track your picks. I actually believe it's called the Action Network app now. So go out and download it now for free. And with that, let's start the process. Welcome to episode two of the 2018 NFL slash college football, I guess we could just call it football, Bet the Process season, starring me, Jeff Ma, and I use starring in in, um, quotations, and uh, Rufus Peabody, as always, who is uh, now in the
1: States, correct? I'm in Boston. But Jeff, you just sound so lackadaisical. Like, where's your excitement? It's the first day of the NFL season. We have so much to talk about.
0: I know. I'm so excited. It's have, so like, exciting. I'm, I'm so like this game tonight. It's, it's exciting. And hopefully the NFL is better than it was last year. Because I feel like the NFL kind of sucked last year. Like, and someone asked me about that. Like, I was talking to someone in the, from the NFL about it. And he goes, well, what do you mean it sucked? And I was like, I don't know. I just got the sense that the games weren't, you know, like. And, and then I was like thinking about, as, you know, from a abstract standpoint, what does it mean for games to be good or bad? And I think like we like to see offense and we like to see scoring and we like to see things executed correctly. So I guess that we all kind of want more offense. And so maybe like these rule changes. Yeah. Are you, are you worried about these rule changes at all?
1: You know, I've thought about it with the, with the new helmet rule and the fact that it's going to, I think it incentivizes coaches to call more passes or it should, but as I've said on Twitter, like coaches are not rational human beings. Well there's you know, the thought it, that this the
0: the middle of the field's going to be wide open. So if you listen to a lot of like the fantasy guys, they're talking about how slot receivers are going to be very valuable. They're even like guys like Gronk are going to be net valuable because they go in the middle and they're going to have a lot of opportunity to to operate. That's an interesting um, angle for sure. Yeah, I mean it's it's like I had a fantasy draft last night, and I know no one cares about my fantasy team, but uh, you know, a guy like Emmanuel Sanders for Denver, I, I think he'll have a good season just because I think he'll have the opportunity to operate over the middle. Okay, I, we never I start own with too.
1: I own Sanders, we- and by the way, I want to say that I don't love all the offense. I really don't. I kind of, I don't know. Maybe that's because I, you know, when I bet props back in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. I was always rooting for defense but i kind of liked those those games between baltimore and pittsburgh that were sort of you know i I like made a difference right like it it wasn't
0: i I like defense also and and i'm just trying i was trying to figure it out like what why do i think like the nfl was worse last season and i think it's maybe because they were just there's like a so i'm i I don't really like replay that much i think like after having seen it now and in all of the sports I just don't really like it like it's it's not the the even though like it probably gets more calls correctly and all that kind of stuff it's fundamentally changed calls also like there there were just no ways before that you could see some of these like small distinctions with the human eye and like the way that replay is now like even in baseball when these guys come off the bag it's like I don't know, and it slows down the game so much. And then the other thing, and you always have this like in the back of your mind when a big play happens, you don't get to get excited right away because you worry that like, oh, maybe that's going to be overturned. And so like kills some of the excitement of the moment. Um, And then the other thing are a lot of penalties. And it seems like probably there'll be more penalties called again this year. So maybe that's shitty.
1: Yeah. Um, But I say let's let's save discussion on the merits of instant replay for an episode when we don't have so much to talk about. I have like 10. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let's let's with, let's jump. I have let's all jump my futures, right. Jeff. I have all my ratings. I have my positional ratings for each team. I'm mm-hmm. ready to go. All
0: right, awesome. All right, let's let let's first jump into college football with a recap of last weekend's games. Um, obviously exciting now that we have one small data point for some of these teams. But who did you see as the biggest movers up and down from last last based on last week?
1: Uh, so the biggest mover, I think, overall in terms of um, in terms of actual points is Oklahoma from uh, they they only move up 3 ranking spots in the Massey Peabody from number 8 to number 5 but they jumped over 5 points like in in rating points uh, and Alabama is a close second they they moved up from uh, I think 2 to 1 but they like you know they obviously were a little bit offended that they weren't number 1 anymore in the Massey Peabody and Nick Saban just told the boys to just pour it on
0: do you think Nick Saban th- uses that as a big rallying cry uh-huh. he's like do you go, you guys go to massy peabody.com and see where we are and see if you want that to be what we are this year at the end of the year.
1: I mean, I, I can't confirm this, but I've heard that he has Massey Peabody set as his homepage.
0: That's probably not true, but okay, go on.
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so Alabama is now like a good four points clear of Georgia for number one, because they just played, I mean, they, they played the number one best game of the week, according to the game, uh, my game grades. A big surprise is Arizona state. They moved up from 53 to 33 first game under coach Herm Edwards. And honestly, I didn't really expect them to, I, I don't know. Like I, you know, I don't know, Jeff, if you've met Herm at your time at ESPN, I met him. He was, I remember him telling me, talking to me for 10 minutes about, um, Uh, recapping NFL game and and why particular route combinations didn't work. And I was like, this guy is a genius. I don't know why he says, doesn't say this stuff on TV, but you and I both know we have to, we had to dump things down. I mean, honestly, like when I met him, I thought he
0: was one of the nicest human beings I'd ever met. I mean, so many of those people during your time at ESPN, they're just so nice. And like, I had never really liked Herm Edwards as a coach. So similar to you, like I didn't think he was very smart. Um, but he's clearly like a leader of men and everyone you talk to at ESPN really liked him. So, yeah, it's nice to see that that big bump up for Arizona State. Um, yeah, he, and it's nice to see that that that, you know, maybe maybe this is like a great role for him versus like an NFL coach.
1: I think it may because he, he's he's a very genuine, authentic guy. And, I mean, you know, I can't comment on what makes a successful leader of men or a successful recruiter, but. Um, but Arizona State played the 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 Pac-12's best game of the week which isn't saying much but um, they throttled UTSA and go from 53 to 33 and last of all Virginia Tech moves from number 19 to number 11 and so on the flip side should we get to the flip side right now or do we No to I just, on these? real
0: quickly though like it's it's interesting because Oklahoma when we talked about this 2 weeks ago they were plus 2400 they're now down to plus fifteen twenty five, and then uh, we also had talked about. So um, I think we talked about Auburn, who were plus three thousand, and they're down to plus seventeen sixty five. So we gave some value to
1: these peep pe- to people. Hopefully, if you guys maybe grab some of it. Okay, so who are the people that went down the most? Uh, by the way, though, right now Westgate has Oklahoma at fifteen to one, and I make them seven point seven to one. So they've 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 yeah. jumped up. Yeah, teams. it's that's All, that's what I'm seeing also. So Auburn, yeah. um, Auburn still only twenty one to one. Auburn played um, a very evenly played uh, game against Washington, and, and it, it obviously that win has a big effect for them overall. Uh, I think it'll be very helpful if you know. I mean, they're the SEC's number three team, but if there's a situation where the SEC um, or the committee is deciding whether they're going to allow a second SEC team to make it. I think that win uh, is going to be a marquee win that could put them over the top. But teams, that, yeah. I mean, um, I think that
0: I think I think that's an interesting thing that you see, or that I've heard from um, the first week. Which which may be more interesting than anything is that just the ACC losing a couple of really you know big games, um, and and maybe that hurting Clemson um, in that. Uh, they may not be able to get in now unless they go undefeated if the acc is 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 significantly down from a from a rating standpoint or or their 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 strength of schedule becomes much weaker all of a sudden because some of the teams that they were supposed to play are not going to be nearly as good
1: um, from you know that's interesting point i didn't run i haven't looked i mean i could look it up the the sort of contingency on if clemson has one win and wins the acc what are their odds of getting in but i I would think they're still a favorite to get in if they're a one-win ACC champ. Um, I mean, I I think the conference is still much stronger than the Pac-12. Do you think the Pac-12 is screwed now? The Pac-12, their chances of making the playoff went down from 41% to 28%. Uh, Cade Massey and I had a column in the Washington Post, which we're going to have every every week this year, looking at the playoff picture uh, through the lens of Massey Peabody and our simulations. And and the Pac-12 was the focus this week and how it, it definitely hurts Washington and uh to lose to Auburn but but not just that UCLA lost as a 14 point underdog to Cincinnati in Chip Kelly's debut 14 point
0: and favorite and, you mean right I'm sorry
1: as a 14 point favorite right and then and then BYU beat Arizona as well and BYU was a 10 and a half point, uh, 11 and a half point dog i think so yeah that's Arizona what i'm talking State, that, so yeah. that,
0: those all it's the same thing like those teams getting crushed really so maybe we'll just have four SEC teams Is it sound f- three SEC teams in Oklahoma or, I guess two I SEC mean, teams, a Big Ten team, in Oklahoma.
1: You got you got maybe. ACC, Big Ten, and Big Twelve that sort of have elite teams in, in Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Clemson. So it's I think that there's this sort of bucket of elite teams. You got those three. You got Alabama, Georgia. Um, you got Alabama, Georgia, and Auburn. And I guess I you know am I willing to put Notre Dame in there almost? But I mean, but it's, I think those are the six elite teams. I mean, three of them. It's are almost SC, like SEC. It's almost
0: like we can predict who are going to be in the conversation for the national championship right now, like within one or two teams. Like, I, I, you almost know, like, it's to me, I would have guessed like Oklahoma, Ohio State, and then two of the three of Auburn, Alabama, Georgia.
1: Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's sort of the same type of blueprint every year. After one, after one week, we've got it, we've got it figured out. Yeah. And we have, you know, if you take a look at, uh, on Massy Peabody's site, or on that um, Washington Washington Post article that we wrote, um, it, we actually do have the playoff probabilities for each team, and I think Alabama's the the leader right now at sixty one percent. But to me, I mean that that almost seems a little low, doesn't it? It, it to me, it feels like a guarantee that Alabama's going to get in because they do base they do like every year.
0: Yeah, it's hard to see a world where they don't get in.
1: They're just so good.
0: They are good. Okay, they so are. so
1: we keep getting distracted, but okay, should who we is, talk about the teams that did the, the worst? Okay, Penn State, they moved down from number 9 to number 13. So at the top, you don't have a lot of movers that move down a large number of, rating, of, of ranking spots, but um, Florida State drops from 18 to 31. Louisville drops from 29 all the way down to 51. And um, Pac-12 team, Arizona, from 41, which isn't that high to begin with all the way down to 59. So they're like mid tier now.
0: Wow. Interesting. Um, So that's, it's, it's interesting to think about how much these teams like Florida state is an interesting one because you and I were sort of deconstructing this idea of, you know, a team like Florida state who went into last year as a top five team. um, And then, had a really bad season for many different reasons, most of which you would say was set off by the injury to their quarterback. Then they got a new coach, right, and they played so terribly. And it's interesting to see that they went even down even further. Obviously, they, they got their ass kicked. But, um, yeah, that's that'll be an interesting one to watch. So uh, you- any sort of lessons from the first week? It sounds like we kind of talked on a little bit of them, you know, the Pac-12 being kind of screwed. Miami, how was Miami in your game
1: grades? Uh, Miami, let's see, they actually didn't grade out that poorly. I thought they would have been worse. They they graded out 26th uh, in the whole of week one slash week 1A. So LSU graded out 14th. Um, but, you know, I, I based on, I didn't actually watch that game, but based on some comments I got from people, like will Miami ever score again this season? It sounded like Miami wasn't playing very well. Did you watch the game? I watched uh bits and pieces of it I
0: we had we had a uh, LSU we had the under in the second half of that game so um, we were holding on by a, a thin thread there because I think it was 23 and a half and then moved down to 22 and a half um, and I think there ended up being like uh, 20 points scored or something like that um yeah I mean it's they they looked much better in the second half. I mean, they scored 14 points in the second half. And, um, you know, I think their defense, I think, was the thing that was kind of shocking to let LSU put up that many points on them. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, Miami is interesting to me because obviously they overperformed last season and then really had sort of a disappointing end to the season after everyone was sort of touting them as a potential you know national title contender then all of a sudden you know you come into this year and you have a correction like that in the first game of the season so you wonder what the rest of their their future looks like but again it's one game overreacting maybe there could be value on Miami
1: going forward
0: uh what about Notre Dame Michigan uh how did your game grades come on
1: that so this is the one that I'm getting people are gonna listen to me and and think this guy's a but. I have Michigan graded higher and substantially higher than Notre Dame in this game. Um, it's not even close. And to me, I, I, I was like, I watched the game. I thought Notre Dame looked better. I, I did. Um, I don't know. Did you Did you feel the same way?
0: Um, so I'm a Notre Dame fan, and I had uh, a bet on Notre Dame. Um, so I, I was rooting for Notre Dame. And um, yeah, I thought they looked better for sure. But I mean, I think in the second half... Uh, Notre Dame didn't do very much um, offensively. Either they went conservative or whatnot, um, and it you know when when Michigan got that ball back, you know with two minutes left, and it it seemed a little dicey, um, just simply because you know the, the Notre Dame defense played really really well. Um, they only gave up what a touchdown and then a, a, and then a kick return, right? That's essentially right. what they gave up. They have fourteen points, and the touchdown was. Arguably, when they were playing prevent, right, because they were up two scores with Eh. you know five or six minutes left, they were they were most likely in a prevent there. I don't think they were Um, playing.
1: I mean, from watching, it it didn't seem like they were in a prevent at all. But there's still a lot of leverage at at that point in the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the quarterback, Michigan's quarterback, was it Patterson? I think he he made some plays, um, you know, escaping pressure and made some plays. So yeah, probably they weren't in a prevent, but um, they definitely weren't in a prevent at the end of the. Of, in that last drive, and and obviously they, they made that play that that preserved the game.
1: Well, I mean, um, Shea Patterson literally. I mean, like, why do you why do you drop think in deconstructing ball. in deconstructing your system? Why do you think that Michigan graded out higher? Okay, so one thing was clustering. Um, Michigan Michigan had a bunch of drives that um, had appreciable yardage, but did not result in a score. They, I think, they had that fake field goal. They did. Was it? Um, did they? They got down to the 10-yard line another time, I believe, or am I just, or am I think, those the same. I, I'm not sure, but they had they. Whereas Notre Dame, basically all their drives were, aside from yeah, they were, either, drives, they were either they were
0: either three and out or they scored a touchdown. Right, they were feast or famine.
1: Exactly. Right. The other thing is, if you look statistically, and you adjust for home field advantage, um, the yards were about the same um, per play, but. Oh. Michigan had a higher place success rate than Notre Dame I believe it was like 45 percent Well that's to like similar 39%. to that
0: that's similar to the cluster thing
1: right right so right it, 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 which means that Notre Dame was doing it more on bigger chunk plays yeah. whereas Michigan was more consistent so I think that you know like the other thing is we graded out so if they on, played
0: on a neutral if they played on a neutral would you and the line was even would you take Notre Dame still?
1: I thought you were going to say, if, if they played on neutral, would my game grades have been different? Um, and the answer to that is yes, they would have been different, um, even though you didn't answer, ask that but question. But I know but that.
0: I, We've been talking about your game uh, grades for a year. True. I, you'd think I would know that at this point. Well, Hold on. having to figures into it. I, I'm
1: stalling to find the tab that has my actual ratings right now. Because, <laughs> um, so it's on a, a neutral field, it is a filibuster. On a neutral field, um, I would have, let's see, Michigan is number seven. Notre Dame is number nine. Um I would have Michigan. So you would bet Michigan. Yes, I would. I well I'd have Michigan as a one actually not even a point, a zero point nine point favorite. So it's basically a coin flip between those two teams. Got it. And Michigan's defense, like they um, you know, I have them as the third rated unit in, in college football and they played quite well. I mean, Notre Dame, like they didn't win, but they played quite well. It was the offense for Michigan that that couldn't convert. Yeah. Did you have okay. to watch the West Virginia Tennessee game? Did I watch? No,
0: I didn't. I didn't watch it at all. West Virginia won that by pretty handily, right? A lot.
1: They were I only watched the first half and West Virginia was only up 6. Did you have Tennessee. West Virginia in that game? No. I had Tennessee what? and I could tell you like Oh, you did. Cuz that first... line
0: that line oh. moved a lot. That line opened like I think it closed with Tennessee like a 13 point underdog or something, right?
1: Did it? I don't know. I don't remember. Because you probably had
0: like you probably had them at like ten
1: or ten and a half, right? It moved. It moved against me, huh? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I can see why after watching the game. The new coach for Tennessee just the play calling was the most uncreative play calling I've ever seen. He just decided he wanted to run <laughs> forgot, ball first like, and second down like, every time. You're like Jeremy a, Pruitt. You're like a uh, a a
0: uh, you know a. a Tennessee volunteer supporter almost every year. I feel like the last couple of years, Tennessee has been one of the teams that you've been on quite a bit.
1: Well, luckily they got knocked down quite a bit. Yeah. Down to number 63 or sorry. No, actually they were number 63 going in. I just wasn't that high in West Virginia. And, um, but yes, they, they did not grade out very well. Okay.
0: Uh, Impact on futures. Is there any value still in any plays? Do you see any value in the futures? So before you this said one, you said, you said like, you still see, you see value right now in
1: Oklahoma at 15 on, to one. Exactly. Um, this morning before we, before we recorded, I, I looked at Westgate, um, a licensed book in, in Las Vegas, Nevada, as everybody knows. And they had <laughs> Oklahoma at 15 to one, which I think is amazing value. And they, and I, and I wish I was there to bet it right now. And also, uh, cause I make it, I think I said 7.8 to one. And the mm-hmm. other one is Georgia at eight to one. I have them at at 6.1 to 1. So basically um Alabama moves up big time that they're 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 3 to 1, 25% to win the national title now but but that's being priced in. I think last year was an anomaly when when I was able to get like good prices on on sort of the top teams Alabama and Ohio State.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking at it, the other ones and ask wanted to ask you about them and it doesn't my guess is that none of these have any value at this point
1: like basically i I, I only show eleven teams that have odds of better than a hundred to one so i, I kind of stopped going like down the list at that point because it seems like with the big underdogs you, you're never going to get a high enough price just what's your number on what's your number on Stanford I, don't, I can't even find them they're so far down <laughs> oh uh four hundred and twenty four to one
0: Okay. Um, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. You're booking that, right? I'll book it at 200. That's actually 200 is value because the market's 55
1: to one. So maybe I would, maybe but, I would take that. But is the market really 55 to one? It's not a two way market. If you find a place that has a two way price, then fine, fine,
0: fine. You're right. The books are just limiting take their that liability. That was a bad, bad use of the word market. There's okay. No market. This year, Let's move on this year. Rufus and I, we'll see how this goes. Um, We're going to pick five games each week against each other. Or not against each other, but five games. We're going to try to make them not overlap. Just so we give you guys some information and some picks. Because everybody wants picks. And we'll track how we do. We're going to try to uh, best use Westgate's lines um, as the official lines. But obviously beware, we record this, it gets edited. By the time you listen to it, some of these lines may move. So don't kill us on Twitter, please. I mean, you're going to kill us on Twitter no matter what. Of course. No, try not to. Okay, so keep in mind, here's the caveat. Uh, I do not have a pregame college football model, So, but Rufus does. So if you are going to trust a person, it should be Rufus, but I am going to try to play along as more of the – sort of talking head, motivation, uh, angles, trends, dude. Um, I'll obviously always still try to do things that I think make sense. I'm not going to give you what I think to be shitty picks, but um, there's a caveat to my picks for sure. Um, My first pick is, and Rufus, you should feel free to critique my picks so that people know. What your point of view is, um and I will do the
1: same to yours if I have a point of view. Okay. My first question though, is on that for you before you get into the picks, Jeff. Sorry to what? interrupt, but which I do a lot. Uh, <laughs> are you are these picks that you yourself are betting? I think that's important for the audience to know. Yeah, I will bet them all small. All small, okay. But they're not.
0: Picks but I don't. I don't bet anything that's non-analytical. I, I mean, I do bet things that are non analytical, like, but I don't bet them very big, typically, and like okay. if I like you know if you tell me something that you think is a good play, I'll oftentimes bet it, but I don't bet it as big as I might bet something that comes from an analytical system that is derived that I'm affiliated with, et cetera. Does that make sense?
1: That makes complete sense. You got, cause you don't know, you, I mean, you don't know my process. I don't know your process. You can I know a little you bit yourself. of your
0: process, but I mean, yeah. And I trust you and there's a few other people that I trust, which is goes back to that whole concept of whether like, betters can learn from other betters and therefore it's okay to sell picks because it's useful and from whatever. Anyways. Okay. My first one is South Carolina plus 10 against uh, Georgia. The theory here. Well, one, it just seems like a lot of points um, for a rivalry game of that type this early in the season. Um, Georgia obviously is, is great, but um, they're still figuring things out with the two quarterbacks that they have. Um, it just seems like a lot of points, um, in a game of that type and, and the, you know, that just moved from nine and a half to 10. So obviously at 10, um, that's where I think the value is. So that's my
1: first pick. Okay. So for my, my first pick, I'm going to go with Cal plus three against BYU. This is sort of like an overreaction, underreaction one. Um, well overreaction, I should say, uh, BYU had the, the win against Arizona and Cal, um, actually looked pretty good, but, but the game ended up being a lot closer at the end against the North Carolina team that was that was down a bunch of players due to suspension. But uh, I'll take Cal plus three there.
0: So this is the classic one. Like, what would the line have been preseason um, if last week hadn't happened? And it would probably be, have been closer to pick them, right? Um,
1: yeah, I can pull that up.
0: <laughs> well, you're going to see what you would have made it versus like, that's not necessarily the lines makers who make it. Okay, this that's is going to this is going to be a two hour podcast unless we get through this quickly. Let's keep going. Uh, Arizona plus four over Houston. I like that a lot less now that I heard what you think of Arizona. But this is a classic case of like if this game had been played um, in Week One, this would have, would not have been four. Um, I do think this is a bit of a reaction to Week One. Whether that reaction is warranted or not, who knows? Um, but that's that's my second play.
1: Okay, and my second play is going to be another Arizona school, Arizona State plus six and a half over Michigan State. I really yeah. like this game, even though I liked Michigan State a lot. Um, I I had them week one in a you know game that did not win, and Arizona State is a big mover. Michigan State, I mean, th- this is actually an underreaction. To, Bet I guess because I, I think that there was enough fundamentals in in terms of uh, what we actually saw transpire last week to really move the needle for both of these teams.
0: Yeah, this is a fascinating one to me when I saw it, just because I knew how much you liked Michigan State going into the season, so it surprised me that this was. Um, but but again, that this line has actually moved from five and a half to six and a half, um, and it seems like yeah that that Arizona State um, the, there's only value there from a. Um, at least from a line move standpoint at this point at six
1: and a half. Right. I wouldn't take it at a price worse than six and a half, though. It's not a huge play, but it's it's a marquee game where I have a small edge.
0: Okay, Uh,
1: Colorado
0: plus three and a half, kind of four at Nebraska. Um, Just thought Colorado looked, looked good last week. Think that the hype around Scott Frost, you know, is maybe a little bit too much right now and that's feeding into this this number being a little bit higher than it should. Um, I,
1: you know, like the, the buffs there. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I, well, I make it 2.3, so not enough. But some of the other systems are, are on the other side of you, and I guess me on that. Like, FPI, I think, makes it like 7, something like that. But my, hmm. my third pick is going to be Cincinnati, um, another team that, had a, that performed well last week uh, against Miami, Ohio. And, and I was – I faded Miami, Ohio last week. I'm fading them again. I just am low on them. I think that Cincy should be, uh, I mean, you're getting one point, and they should be about a, a five-point favorite.
0: Interesting. And you don't really like Cincinnati that much? Or it's just really just, it sounds like you really don't like the MAC this year. I
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it does feel that way. I haven't actually looked at it, but I, I was All not right, on and Cincinnati you're gonna like my against UCLA. So, I mean, I assumed that, and I was against Miami, Ohio. So I think it's just more of a, a fade on Miami, Ohio.
0: Okay, Michigan minus 27 and a half, 28 over Western Michigan. Uh, Overreaction, the Notre Dame game. Like hearing what you said about Michigan and their game and where you have them rated makes me like this pick even more. Um, Again, just looking for an opportunity to, you know, play on Michigan in what is a game that they should obviously be really
1: highly motivated for, even though it is against, you know, a lesser competitor. Wait, did you say Michigan should be highly motivated to play Western Michigan? Yeah, after losing. They just lost. That's like any team that lost last week should be highly motivated then.
0: Well, yes, I think they should be, right? I mean, I think people tend to, you know, human nature. Again, I'm being the like I know I know guy so but yeah I I think there's there's reasoning to that like they lost this is if they lose again they're screwed I I like your voice yeah well let's just say let's just say let's just say they'd beaten Notre Dame right mm -hmm. and then now they come into this game would you say like there was a potential for a letdown there from a psychological standpoint?
1: No, I would, I would actually, I I might argue the opposite because I don't think any of this makes a difference at all. And so (laughs) I am calling, I'm calling you out on this. Um, Okay. I think that, I think think there's a letdown because you, because they lost. And so now it's like the, the promise of this great season is slipping away. You know, I think that there's got. To, I mean, I think. Well, see, here, here's 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 it, yeah.
0: here's the reason. This is this is absolutely the reason why this psychological shit doesn't work. because exactly. <laughs> It's like two relatively smart people are having an argument about what this even means to them.
1: All right, move on to game four for you, Rufus. I, I want to say that I actually, um, you know, I actually don't like Michigan here, despite the fact that I graded them highly. So maybe I'm not that anti-Mac. Who knows? Um, my number four game is Rutgers. Uh, which I like a lot against Ohio State, and I was on Ohio State a little bit last week actually, but I think that maybe this is an overreaction to how like to to them playing so well.
0: Yeah, it's just inflated, right? Yeah, and thirty. What's interesting points. though, like just to go back to that Michigan game, it is almost like your ratings because they don't capture any of this BS, you know, emotion in them are now, you know saying that like, hey, the line, the market, this is already built in this sort of idea that Michigan really isn't as bad as they looked last week. Um, And even like this notion that I have of this BS motivation. So, you know, maybe maybe that's not a great pet, but hey, I picked it, so I'm going to live with it. And then finally for me, Stanford minus five and a half over USC. Um, I just think Stanford is a better team than USC and I think they're better than say a field goal, which is roughly what
1: this is, this is indicating. Um, so I like Stanford here. Interesting. I mean, I know USC did struggle last week against UNLV and I was on USC last week and I, the line drops anymore. I'm going to be on, or goes up anymore. I'm going to be on USC here, but, um, I think that's going to be probably, is that the marquee game of the weekend?
0: uh probably it's kind of a shitty weekend i think
1: yeah there aren't really games a lot of huge games okay for my last one I was kind of between some of these big favorites uh you know i laying the money on alabama for example i guess i'm giving maybe i should stick with that one then because that, that'll um but now i'll uh crap now what do i do I, I kind of teased something but my my actual pick is a different one
0: well, you just take, take the one. this is cla- this is the classic tout thing, uh-huh. right? Like you're gonna, you teased one, and if it wins, you can put it into your record. If it loses, we'll
1: just forget about it. So you know what? I'm not going to pull bring up the other one then. I'm going to keep number five is Alabama.
0: Oh um, my God, We have to change the dock, Rufus now.
1: Oh my God. Alabama um, laying 35 and a half. It's a lot to lay against Arkansas State.
0: 35 and a half, okay, it's in there. It's in the doc.
1: All right, um,
0: next thing we move on. So we'll track these. Um, we should probably create a blog or something and then we can track these. Maybe we'll track them That's a good idea. Why don't we have a website? All right, well, we'll do that. We Maybe create we'll one. create a website. website. I don't even know how to process. do that. We have to have a we'll good process We'll just do it, for like it. a blog and then that should be easy. Does just
1: anybody cool. know a good process to create a website? You're a dork. All
0: right, commenting on, here's our, we had this great feature last week, which uh, I liked. Um, It's basically this week around uh, sports betting news and concepts. And obviously we'll take things from Twitter, whatnot. Uh, This week, probably the, there was was one thing that someone sent us. I don't know if you had a, a chance to look at that. And it was about the total wins that was on ESPN. Did you look at that?
1: The total wins? What do you
0: mean? This guy did like an analysis of the last, you know, oh, 18 yes, years of team over-unders. And I, like, couldn't, to be honest, I couldn't even get through it because it was, like, it was sort of ridiculous. It, it it said, like, teams that are... uh, In this, like, sort of small sample size, the teams that are uh lined under eight wins tend to go over, and teams that are lined o- under eight wins. But, like, there was no... There was no discussion, I don't think, of the actual juice, um, which is these things can be really juiced one way or the other. And so like the analysis just seems very somewhat flawed. But I mean, I, I didn't get through it completely. So I don't know. Would did you look you, at it all?
1: Um, I, did, I did. I did. I didn't read the whole thing, but I looked at the charts. And when I was back at LVSC in 2008, I remember um, they had collected that data from like since 2000 or something. And I remember looking through and finding kind of the same trends, basically, that, that teams that basically the market was not regressing enough to the mean. Um, and so teams that like had double digit wins the season before, and were still aligned, yeah. like in double digits tended to go under a lot. And that, that was a lot stronger back then. And I think that if, you know, I think the article we read covered almost 20 years, I bet if you broke it down from, you know, the first 10 years and the last 10 years, I bet those inefficiencies the last 10 years are not really there as much anymore. I think markets markets get more efficient. I've never said that before. Maybe
0: we'll take a deeper look at that article because it was on ESPN. And obviously, ESPN is a relatively high-profile website. Um, Why don't we take a look at that? And we'll do sort of more of a breakdown on it next week. I did want to talk a little bit about this discussion that Alan Boston started on his Twitter feed about. um, He basically said, like, no one should ever buy picks no matter what, period. And a bunch of people weighed in. And right angle sports um, weighed in on it and they said, like, hey, you know, what about, you know, a lot, a lot of essentially a lot of gamblers that they knew professional gamblers gain information from other people's picks, um, seeing other people's picks, understanding like what's moving the market, et cetera. Um, and that was in response to you, basically, I think, saying like there's no value to it. And then he basically said that he kind of said that you were close-minded or, you know, missing uh, missing value or missing an opportunity or whatever. Um, any take on that?
1: Well, I don't think I said that there's no value. I think that right-angle sports has a – I mean, they're transparent. They have a proven track record. But what I brought up was the fact that if you – right-angle sports highlights the problem with being a successful talent. It's that you end up moving the market and you end up cannibalizing your subscriber base because, you know – a few people are going to be able to get down at the, the listed price or the posted um, price and everybody else is going to miss that. And so um, he responded that they have this new system now where everybody, where um, they have a new system and apparently it's worked well for them. But I, I kind of just wanted to highlight that problem in general. The fact that it, it's hard to be a tout, it's hard to be a successful tout and have it be sustainable. And, and they've had to kind of go to these little tricks and stuff to sort of be able to keep keep this going. Um, and with, and keep their clients happy and getting the right price. So and they've had to limit it, which I think they've limited their subscriber base to a small group. And so they're just really and any. I mean, I think it shows that. I mean, if you want to build a big successful business, being a tout, you know, you're very constrained if you're good. So Alan's statement just now, the Twitter in front of me was:
0: I also want to repeat that if someone is selling picks, you do not want to buy them. I do not care who it is or how good the name. Do not pay for picks. If someone can win, they do not need to be selling. Also, you're already laying 11 to 10 in a brutally tough game. No reason to. And your response was, I wouldn't buy picks from anyone, and that includes right-angle sports and especially crack. And then um that wasn't my
1: response to that was not my response directly to that tweet someone else had said something yeah else i take writing he, he said i take right angle sports so. and crackman and call them
0: both sell picks ready to call them losers to boston losers to at boston red i think he means t-o-o even though he said to t-o and this is a guy this mojax this one guy is a guy that has got into it with us before on Twitter about this whole concept of of touts and buying picks, and he's always very supportive of touts. So well, I don't know, maybe know he's a a beard for somewhere right? else.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I do think that. I mean, so so right Angle Sports does have a hit. I mean, they have been transparent. And I think that they're. Um, I mean, I, I just personally still wouldn't buy picks. That that that's kind of kind of what I was saying. And 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 Crack is like a he's been a better for a while, but. He doesn't have any, um, he doesn't have a track record as a tout or anything. So, I mean, whereas Right Angle Sports has a track record of transparency.
0: So I think one of the interesting things about this too then is like he brought up the point of free rolls, and whether free rolls were sort of like the same as selling picks. And I think that the like, so I understand his point, and I don't think it's an invalid point. But and if, for free guys, what a free roll is is like a lot of good professional betters. Um, who are young and sort of don't have the bank role um, will get free rolled by people who have more of a bank role. They will just play their, they will give them their picks. The pe- These people with big money will play them and then will give them a percentage of the winnings um, that's, you know, pre-decided um, and they will get none of the do- downside. So it's literally like this idea of a free roll. Um, and I think in, you know, right angle sports said my point, uh, I'll just point, but that I'm sure Boston has been part of many large role free rolls in his lifetime. Is that not a form of buying picks where those people unwise to free roll you? I think we can all agree that there are exceptions. And I think that the problem with this is, this is like a nuance, right? Of the diff of why th- the problem with the selling picks business is this idea of like the, the marketing and everything that needs to go into that, um, you know, and, and, and also like again this is like why this business is so challenging because yeah i mean i think i think free roll we all fundamentally agree is like it's the buyer's choice and if the seller who's not actually selling is is benefiting from it that's great um but it isn't really the same as selling picks because you you actually haven't like gone and marketed and you haven't represented something to people this person has basically taken you on and said like, hey, I'm willing to do this because I believe in you that much and you will only get paid if, you're, if your situation wins. So it's almost like selling picks and giving people a refund every time or you know, over the course of time if you don't have winning picks. But I think people try to do that, but they do it on obviously like a pick for pick basis and it ends up being like a real scummy thing also when people say like oh we'll give you your money back if this pick loses and, and everyone's like oh well, there's no shame to this then but you're gonna lose you're still gonna net be out money whereas in a free roll you won't necessarily be if that makes right i sense. think the
1: free roll has to be over a sufficiently long period of time that for someone to be willing to give a free roll that they're, yeah we talked they're about confident. this whole
0: concept of a free roll over a short amount of time it was being sort of a bad
1: idea oh completely but the, I, I, started, the- I started i started i mean i I started my gambling career, I guess, on a free roll with um, these people that I met back in 2009 um, when when I left LVSC. It was for baseball season. And it, you know, I didn't have I I was undercapitalized because I had just graduated from college and didn't have a a high paying job. Believe it or not, being working for Las Vegas sports consultants did not pay a ton of money. So uh,
0: I believe that
1: very, very much. I believe that twenty five thousand a year but it was an amazing job.
0: Okay, now we're gonna move into the NFL Bonanza to the television show Bonanza, which I'm sure none of you guys remember. I'm, I'm old. I'm 45, so I sort of remember it. It was this great TV western. And there was also a terrible restaurant called Bonanza at one point, which was like a steakhouse chain. Uh, anyways, let's start with the, with the AFC East. It's a team called the Patriots that are favored to win the AFC East again. Do we do do we have a line on that?
1: Do we have a line on anything?
0: Minus minus seven twenty to win the AFC East.
1: See, I I would fade that, but I would fade them every year winning winning their division because there is a lot of uncertainty, and and this year, and specifically, it seems like I have a lot more regression to the mean um, in terms of my team wins, and so teams are a lot less spread out. I have the Patriots. Why do you have a lot more regression to the mean? I don't know. I, I don't. I think it's just the way things were this year. I mean. You had, you had some quarterbacks change teams. You had, like, I mean, I've I also did make a, a slight change. I mean, every year we kind of tweak and try to improve the Massey body model, but we, I did make one change that I think specifically hurts the Patriots, and that is how I'm dealing with the variable of experience for priors. And I think before it was giving, I guess, at the extremes, guys like, you know, Peyton Manning at the end of his career, uh, Brett Favre at the end of his career, Eli Manning now. Tom Brady. Now, I was giving those guys, um, I think, too much credit for for having that many starts. I and mean, there's an like this is separate from like the the aging factor. Uh, but I've I've kind of done something that fits it better and is more intuitively um, appealing to me. And so I we're a little bit lower on the Patriots now, but I still have them at ten point four wins. They're the number they're only the number three team in the model though this year. Um, although I've come up with this sort of new player level model, which I'm not going to be. Um, sharing where they but i will tell you they're still number one in that model you like the, can't resist not talking about
0: uh, it it's so funny like i was like just don't talk about it and you're like can't resist it can't, you want to keep resist. talking about how me, you're not going to talk about it it gives What's the me first rule of fight club rufus i
1: don't know don't exactly right fight club there you go
0: okay you talking about so it. the okay. the patriots at seven to one uh to win mm. the
1: super bowl i got them ten percent so nine to one no value there
0: no value there, and then the are the are the bills going to be the worst team in
1: football? So the player level model certainly thinks so. With so Nathan Peterman looking at the quarterback rankings ranks like seventy third of all my, of all quarterbacks in my ratings, and so that's I mean like he, he's he's right there with um with uh, Garrett Gilbert. Who's he, right? Exactly. So yeah, the, the, bills, the Bills are actually last in the Massey Peabody, too, So because that's what we're mostly going to be talking about, the Massey yeah. Peabody. And so, yeah. yes, they're last. They're very bad. But okay. despite all that, there is uncertainty, and we still expect them to get 5.7 wins, which seems quite high for the team that's the worst. But um, And that still gives them a 1 in 10 chance of making the playoffs. So, I mean, everybody has hope at this time of year, right?
0: Well, I mean, they were 9 and 7 last year. Like people thought they were going to be pretty bad
1: last year, and they were nine and seven. The problem is they're losing Tyrod or Tarad, um, who is actually a legitimately decent NFL quarterback, slightly above average. And I think um, there's a reason the Browns actually have reason for optimism, and a lot of that is the fact that their quarterback play is not going to be a big black hole with Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, okay, AFC North, uh, Steelers, chop so,
0: minus two hundred to win this thing. I think Boy, that's too did. high
1: also. I got them 58% to win the division. Um, it looks like, I mean, you got them, Baltimore, Cincy, and then Cleveland in that order. But but this is a division where every team has basically at least a one in four chance, Cleveland being the worst at 23.8%. Uh, sorry, to make the playoffs. In terms of winning the division, Cleveland's more like um, one in nine. Um, oh, oh so I'm you sorry. See some actually, value oh, Cleveland I was giving at playoff 15. odds. Actually, I only have Pittsburgh at 39% to make, win the division. I have them at 58% to make the playoffs. One interesting um, thing with Pittsburgh is that um, we don't know what's going to happen with Le'Veon Bell, but basically I, the one the one good thing, well, of many good things of this player level model is I'm actually able to quantify um, how much an injury is going to affect a team, or at least have a decent estimate of it. And and what I came up with for Pittsburgh is that it's going to be about 0.04, or 0.48 points, so half a point. That uh, that Bell costs the Steelers, and I've hmm. right now I'm running the model assuming, um, well, using the mass EP, but assuming Bell's in there. But I think that the fact that Pittsburgh, I mean, I have them at nine point three wins, and they're the fourth rated team, so it just shows right now that the league is just right now everybody's really tight and compact. I think, dude, you are
0: burying the lead. You see value on the Browns to win the AFC North at plus twelve fifty. I do. Nice. Okay. We're burying the lead. This is
1: killing me. This is amazing. The Cleveland Browns. Oh, amazing. Everybody's talking about the Browns now. Everybody's like, they're they're the new. Yeah, but there's still value. There's still uh, value on them according to your numbers. And
0: you're not a a everyone's talking guy. So, you know, you're you're a numbers guy. So that's significant. It is. It is. And it's amazing that a
1: team. I made my day. I'm pretty excited. They went from being a winless team last year. And being the worst rated team in Massey Peabody to being a team we expect to win seven games and the number 20 team, which it's the I, I power, was kind of like, How it's did that the power happen? of Tyrod? Well, it's it's it's, it's Tyrod, Tyrod, but it's also the fact that they weren't as bad last year overall, they um, as the numbers indicated. And there's certain statistics that are more predictive than others from year to year. And my guess is they were not quite as bad in those particular statistics. Can you? All right, we'll get to this later because I want to know what your numbers make
0: their game this week against the Steelers. Uh, there. AFC South uh, looks like a relatively even race. Um, really? Houston and Jacksonville, at least the odds say that. Houston's plus 185, Jacksonville plus 177. Uh, the Colts are the fourth choice there and the Titans. Remember last year when everyone thought the Titans were going to be really good? Yeah. I mean- interesting. So yeah. how far removed are we from that? I mean, there. I assume there's no value on any of these teams. What, what What's the Jaguars situation?
1: Uh, plus 177. There's value there. I, I got value on the Jags. So I, I think a big thing is I'm very low on the Texans. I'm low on Deshaun Watson. And I talked about this on Twitter yesterday, how I would take, for one year, I would take this year, um, I would take Tyrod over Deshaun Watson. Um, what? What? That's what. The, or I shouldn't say this year. I should say right now because as Watson gets more experience, it might that could change. But he was so he wasn't so. According to your numbers, he was not good last year. Um, you know, he was he was good. He wasn't great. As weird as that sounds, because he turned um, the ball over too much. Well, he I, he was great for fantasy, I think, and people sort of conflate that with yeah, like no, reality that, this is too. One I'm to like, of I have not
0: looked passes. deeply into his numbers beyond fantasy, and I I feel like. He was just a fantasy monster. So,
1: and that's obviously because of his part of it's because of his rushing, but right. uh, And he was also, I mean, the games he was playing in were games where his defense was giving up a lot too. So they, they, they were a bunch of shootouts. And the other thing someone brought up, and I think it's a good point is that it was only five games and teams didn't have that much film on how the Texans would be using him. And so it's sort of like the RG three thing, right? I mean, defenses are going to now adjust. They're going to, play him a particular way, and he's going to have to adjust back. And will he be able to? I don't know. There's been a okay. lot of quarterbacks that have gotten off to hot starts in their careers. RG3, sure. um, Nick Foles, and actually, which is funny because now Nick Foles has gone back. You know, we, we Maybe, over- or
0: now he's gone back to the Nick other Foles. way. I mean,
1: it's hard to say which Nick Foles we're going to get. Well, Nick Foles is a perfect example of how we overreact to, to recency, and, and people have done that. Like, Nick Foles is amazing. Now Nick Foles sucks. Now he's amazing again. That's what they think now. So... I mean, I think that you just have to. The problem with Nick Foles
0: is, though, he's like kind of an extreme guy. So the recency bias really can play out. Hey, can I go back to the AFC North real quick? What do you have the Bengals at to win it? To win it?
1: To win the Super Bowl?
0: No, to win the AFC North. 17%. So plus 800
1: would be value, right?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: I think your theme here is I'm going to like the underdogs in general.
0: Well, no, I just, I thought about it just because you don't like the Steelers. So that would give the other teams in their division, a chance realistically with them. And then I, if I would you take th- the Levy, if you take the Levy on thing in and add that in as a, as a potential problem all year, who knows?
1: I, I okay. would think that if you had a two way price on Pittsburgh to win the division, that would be the best thing to do just to bet the no on that. that mm-hmm. would probably have more value than, than the individual yeses in the other teams.
0: Well, I'm not. I wouldn't bet all the individual yeses. I'd probably pick one of them that had
1: value and, and bet on. Uh, it. And it. If may, they all had value, I'd bet them all. If I did, couldn't get the get the no on Pittsburgh,
0: I understand, Rufus. <laughs> uh, sorry. Okay, back to the now. Moving on to the AFC West.
1: Wait, but we haven't finished with the AFC South. You're so you, you you're going all slow at the beginning, deciding to talk about your thoughts and in instant replay, and then trying to speed through the NFL preview. I don't get it.
0: Well, what do you want to what else what more do you want to talk about about the south i feel like we just no, talked about it Jackson we were talking about deshaun
1: watson and how deshaun watson right now is he could be anything i think he could be a great quarterback he could be the best quarterback in the nfl or close to it and he could or he could be brock right. osweiler so that's all essentially
0: essentially your model essentially what you're saying is you're regressing him to the mean you're not overlooking, especially with the small sample yes. size you have of him, and you'd rather have Tyrod, who has a little bit more certainty in his performance than Deshaun, who might have higher variance, which might ultimately be on if it's on the lower end, worse than Tyrod.
1: Right, right, right. Now I'm saying I would rate the I would rate the Texans higher at this moment if they had Tyrod as a quarterback. And it, with regression mean, you're correct. I'm regressing him to the mean of quarterbacks that I mean have started five games. I mean, that's quarterbacks of
0: his type, i.e. But sometimes, exactly. sometimes there's just outliers, right? And like that's the that's the problem with the with modeling people that way because mm-hmm. you do get outliers, and like that's the problem with like modeling starting pitching and things like that because you just get outliers sometimes.
1: You certainly do. You certainly do. So, but but there are uh, like think about quarterbacks who have made five starts before who are the best in the NFL. I mean Peyton Manning wasn't the best in the NFL his first year; he threw a ton of interceptions. Tom Brady, you know, won a Super Bowl, but he wasn't what won the Super Bowl for them. He kind of was a game manager. Um, it, it's it's very rare that someone comes into the You don't. You take that. Fire. You never call Tom a
0: game manager. What is wrong with you? Okay. Blastful. I'm in Boston,
1: too. <laughs> yeah, it's blasphemy.
0: I'm going to send some dudes from Southie to come get you. In Jacksonville, uh,
1: despite Blake Bortles, though, I think Jacksonville, they have a very, very solid defense. And um, I think they should... It's it's not a good division. I'll put it that way. It's a bad division. But have you adjusted for
0: Marquise team. Lee being out for Jacksonville?
1: Um, I'm just no. Kidding. I mean, that's a good question. <laughs> Keenan Cole.
0: It's not a good question because he's like a slightly above average receiver at best, and I just it was a joke. Anyways, okay, yeah. let's move on to the AFC West. Unless there's more you want to talk about with Deshaun. No, that's Watson. okay. That's okay. Uh, AFC West looks like the Chargers are the favorites. Um and then it's pretty even actually between the Chiefs, the Raiders and the Broncos. Um you know, if you were ordering them Chiefs, Broncos then Raiders. But any value here, anything that you don't agree with? Uh, what are
1: what are our divisional odds here looking like? Chargers
0: plus 126, uh Chiefs plus 316. Broncos plus three
1: eighty seven, Raiders plus four twenty one. Um, it looks like there's probably value to me on on the Broncos at plus three eighty seven. I have them thirty percent, but overall the market doesn't seem that far off in general. Right. Um, I have the Chargers at the favorite as well. I have Kansas City picked to be dead last and to win fewer games than the Browns. And I have wow. Pat and Mahomes. Is that because because that Pat because of Pete Patton,
0: me and Pat. my Mahomes. Pat Mahomes, by the way, do, do you know who his father is? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I me and that. my Mahomes, that's, that was a classic
1: Burmanism. <laughs> me and my homies, me and my Mahomes. You know, Forget this is before, before my time. But um, out of all the quarterbacks, all out of all the starting quarterbacks in the NFL, I have Mahomes right now as number 30. So um, Alex Smith, I still, I mean, Mahomes could turn out to be a much better quarterback. Wait, what is,
0: what is Mahomes' first name?
1: Pat, yeah. Patrick. What is his dad's first name? Patrick, he's Mahomes the second or third or something.
0: Oh, okay. I was gonna, I was getting confused. I was like, are they both named Pat Mahomes? Yes, they are. So Pat Mahomes was, was a pitcher. He was. For the Minnesota Twins. I think among uh, other teams, uh, yeah. 15 years ago, something like that. Not even that long ago. I 25 like, years he, ago, I think. He was like a 90s. Real, oh, yeah. God, I'm so old. He was like a spot starter who got some relief time, that kind of thing. He was pretty good, threw the ball hard. I mean, I've heard of him, so he had to be at least decent. We've heard oh, of a lot of around. obscure players, unfortunately. True. It's, it's the key. life. <laughs> it's the life we lead and the badge we carry. It's tough. It's it the is. cross we carry. The cross we bear is to know a lot of terrible players.
1: It is. Uh, you're trying, you're trying to there... keep me. You're trying to keep me away from talking about this. This. Uh, this rookie or hatred rookie of the Chiefs. The then.
0: hatred of the Chiefs is very interesting.
1: It's because, because obviously I liked them were... last year. What's that? I liked them last year. I think they have a good defense. I just no, think no, no. their you, offense is good. You had be crap. them
0: as like the Super Bowl favorite at one point last year.
1: I like Alex Smith. What can I say?
0: No. Alex Smith is that's like, good for you because you're a Redskins fan, so I can't I wait to get the, to the NFC East. I love how you keep interrupting this preview to be like, oh, let's talk about this weird. Well, no, I mean, you're just going to talk about how much you don't like Pat Mahomes because he's a rookie quarterback, and if you compare him to people like that and like blah, 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 and just replacing, you know, Alex Smith, a veteran with someone like this is going to make the Chiefs so much worse, and that's why you don't like him. Am I right or not? Dude, you're spot on. I love it. (laughs) Something's Uh, sticking. Yeah, everything's I I learned from you, dude. I learned. I learned. Anything else you want to say about him? I didn't mean to steal your thunder.
1: Oh no no, no. that's uh, I just wanted to to sort of make Highland. that point bring that point home and and okay um yeah let's let, let's move on all right
0: NFC North we've got the Vikings Wait, are the even East money team? what's that the East no I'm starting with the North sorry uh, okay fine uh the Vikings are even money the Packers are plus one sixty three. Lions are then plus 815
1: and the Bears are plus 965. So I would actually I like the Vikings at even money. I make them 56% to win the division, wow. 70% to make the playoffs, 10.2 wow. wins, 5.8 losses. Cousin Kirk at quarterback.
0: What is, what is he, what's his, you like that? What does he say there? What does he say that, that one popular you like, thing he had? Yeah. Was you he like, like that, that or you like this? You like this? Anyways, uh, that's interesting. You like um, that? yeah. yeah. It's any like any okay. player specific type stuff on like them the Bears getting Khalil Mack?
1: Yes, for sure. I think the the Khalil Mac is a big improvement to that team. And unfortunately the Massey peabody thing only factors in quarterbacks, but the player level model actually has the Bears as a decent team and he's worth about a point and a half. However, I also think it was a tragically awful trade by the Bears that reminds me of when Mike did get traded an entire draft to move up a few picks to draft Ricky Williams back in like, was it 99 or 2000 or something like that. He because, needed a smoking, he needed a smoking buddy. Uh, yeah. And because the bears, I mean, they're giving up two first rounders and, and then giving Mack a $90 million uh, guaranteed contract. He's already 27. The thing is, if they were in win now mode, if they, if they were like a team that was one piece away from winning at all, rather than a rebuilding team, it would make sense. But I, I think it makes zero sense now because you're paying for you're paying top dollar for something for for this player that's about to hit free agency and you're and then you're paying him market value or maybe more. I don't know what market value is, but but, but- so the, the
0: that's like the logical reaction to that trade. The talking head, you know, is oh you have the generational talent in Khalil Mack. You never want to trade him. Simmons on his podcast was like talking about you know Ray Lewis at this age played 12 more years and won a Super Bowl like how can you do this you know like it, it, the the idea that you know the value of those picks and and the, the the contract amount is just the the thing that you can't it's crippling in the NFL like it when is. you pay that much to one guy it just cripples you like if you look at Seattle and New England and these teams that have been good for multiple years it's because they had attractive contracts that they were able to like build teams with depth, etc. And, you know, this idea of paying that much for one guy and having it work out, there's probably not a lot of track record of that working, you know, that it's just very simple, you know, asset allocation, you know, portfolio management theory, whatever it is, you just can't pay that much to one guy. And it's, it's not going to work out very well for
1: you. I completely agree. And I think that, With the Ray Lewis example, one thing you're not one thing that Simmons wasn't considering was that the uh, the rookie contracts were different at the time too. I mean, first round picks I think are worth more now because they're cost controlled. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's why why this sort of model of that's next level analysis that you only get on the Bet the Process podcast. (laughs) You know, like like people are people made the argument to me on Twitter though that that they have Trubisky at this team friendly contract and so they can afford to spend like. Like, they have to spend that money now. And, I, and I'm saying, okay, well, maybe if you spent like spending the money isn't the big issue here. The big issue is trading two first rounders and then spending the money. And Trubisky, like, yes, he's on a rookie contract, but he hasn't even shown that he's an adequate NFL starting quarterback yet. Like, you're nowhere close to being a contender, I don't think. I mean, I, I could be wrong, and the player level model says I might be wrong, but who knows? <laughs> okay. NFC
0: West. We're just we have like the flipping
1: up the orders, huh? Cardinals at plus
0: 1150. The Niners at plus 454. The Seahawks at plus 523. And the number one favorite to win the NFC West are the Los Angeles Rams at minus 200. Fade, fade,
1: fade. fade minus them, 200, huh? yeah. Like I mean, I just think that...
0: So is I there don't. any value on any of those other teams then? Maybe Seattle?
1: Um, you Seattle especially. I make Seattle... Thirty-four percent to win it all, and and to win the, the NFC West. Sorry, to win the NFC West, and I mean they have they have a great quarterback in Russell Wilson and their defense. I mean I don't know what's going to happen with Earl Thomas, but their defense is still they're very strong at linebacker, and um, I mean and the defense like I mean it's not what it once was, but they're an adequate team I would say. Um, actually, Massey Peabody has them as the number seven rated team, but but that's that's what the, do you have the what do you have the Niners at to win it to win the West to win the West the Niners fifteen point four percent and you can just make the same argument with Garoppolo that I that I made with with Deshaun Watson and and um, yeah but Pat Garoppolo's is
0: really handsome really handsome so handsome here's so the thing handsome.
1: one what I, I one of those quarterbacks. this is cool those, by the way there's a lot
0: of it seems like there's actual value in some of these to win the division bets
1: yeah. I, I think mean, one of those quarterbacks though, is you know, you turn never see like value in guy, right? Don't you think? You think at least I think at least one of Garoppolo Watson and Mahomes is probably going to be a generational talent. We just don't know which one.
0: you think one of them is going to be a generational talent?
1: I mean, I well, how many generational well, I guess a generational talent I don't,
0: I don't know if any of a them generation. are generational
1: talent. I mean, but I, think, I mean, I mean a pro bowler. I'm, or, it pro like a bowler top the top of it, like a top
0: 5 quarterback. I think, one, I of think one of them will be a top five quarterback for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah so Which I, would you I, bet I would... on right now? Ooh. Garoppolo or Watson. I don't know. It's between those two. <laughs> you picked two out of three of them. I <laughs> know. Who we've actually I'm seen saying, play in NFL. I wouldn't pick
0: You're the worst, dude. <laughs> okay. NFC South. We've got uh, the saints the favorites i think i know what's gonna happen here and we get the falcons at plus 191 the panthers at plus 310 and the buccaneers at plus 1200
1: what, what was the saints price again
0: plus 141
1: that's, one, that's right about where it should be actually i think maybe a little value on the panthers but but the saints actually have as the number one team in football
0: yeah they, they are, they are
1: deep they are talented they, oh, we
0: talked about this off air. I, I forgot. I thought we talked about this on air. Yeah, that
1: this is this is crazy to me. They have, whatever. I mean, they're looking at the just by position. They have the six. like, I have them with the sixth best offensive line, fifth best wide receiving core, just because of Michael Thomas is that good, third best running backs. Well, one of the worst tight ends, but like defensive lines, very strong, sixth best. Their DBs are 10th. Like, I mean, they're 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 solid across the board. They're they're, yeah. I think, Andrew Breeze Brees is still a really great quarterback. I think that last year he didn't really have the the touchdown passes, and he wasn't the same quarterback in fantasy as he had been before right. because they had that strong running game. And people think that he had it yeah. down here. No, he didn't Breeze have it down here. Is, is still oh. great. Breeze, yeah. I I, I, love, I love these guys that are like don't necessarily have all the physical skills, but or or you know guys that are more kind of like
0: challenged you. You and, feel like you don't have all the physical skills, but you're making it work. I'm six too. But yeah, you're six I'm, two I'm, and you weigh 120 pounds soaking wet.
1: Maybe maybe 90 pounds.
0: <laughs> you have to batten yourself down in heavy winds, which they have in Boston. So be careful.
1: That's why I know all the knots.
0: Someone was telling me the other day they were like they like listened to our podcast and they're like I just want to know what Rufus looks like and I was like it's you know he's pretty ordinary looking. It's you not can like just he's Google a me. what's that? I said, you you just, just Google, Google
1: I mean, you can Google it's me creepy. or you and find out what we look like. It's creepy. not that hard.
0: Yeah. Uh, I look like a potato, according to one person on Twitter, but that's
1: fine. Like Mr. Potato Head uh, or just a regular No, potato. he just
0: said I look like a potato. And I was like, that must be one good-looking potato. And he wrote yeah. back to me. That's funny. <laughs> uh, NFC East, Cowboys, NFC, NFC East, Eagles 40. favorites at minus 146. Cowboys second at plus three fifty six, Giants third at plus four forty, and Redskins
1: plus ten forty five. Ooh, I like Cowboys and Redskins there, in terms of the futures. Um, I, I actually think that three of those four teams in the conference or in the division are above average, and I think the Giants are going to be awful. Um, I think they're. I have them at six point three wins. I don't think that. I think that yes, they have like they have Odell back, and and their their position players um, look pretty good. Although I think that people. I think people are too high in Barkley. He's a rookie running back. And um, yes, running backs tend <laughs> to so be. It's so
0: funny to hear you talk about individual player positions since the last like season we just talked about how none of this shit matters. <laughs> well, I mean, we have to talk. We have to say something. No, semi, I know, but it's interesting because like now we're able to quantify a little bit how these guys matter, so it does make things a bit more interesting. Because last year we were just like, no, that doesn't matter. Move on.
1: I mean, it matters. It's just harder to quantify, I guess. But, but Barkley, like, I think that, I mean, a running back is different than a quarterback is rookie. But but I think that, I mean, because running backs don't have much of a shelf life. But, I mean, I, I don't know why the Giants took took Barkley. with what was it? What number pick was it? Like He's two, a generational talent.
0: Generational. He's a running That's back.
1: That's a generational talent. What? A generational talent as a running back will last like five years. Whereas, kidding but that's that is the kind true of reasoning that. why they took it's, him right right i mean I but, you have but you have a black hole at quarterback with Eli Manning who's been in it and trying to get out unsuccessfully for the last like no, 4 we, years
0: we we covered this with Cade right on the draft on the draft pod about the, how how
1: silly this drafting of Saquon Bar- Barkley was right I and mean, quarterbacks or, or running backs the thing is the difference between the best running back um the best starting running back in the NFL and the worst starting running back in the NFL is way less than a point so i it whereas in quarterbacks it's like you know two touchdowns so i mean i i think that's that's all you need to know there right yeah but i, I think that the redskins actually upgrade a little bit with with alex smith who i think is crim, like criminally underrated and he's been underrated his whole career um, it seems like the that redskins like seems so high i mean i guess it's
0: just because the eagles are so people think the eagles are so good
1: yeah but, I, I think so i think the eagles are a very good team but Um, There is uncertainty, and every year is different. That's the thing. I
0: mean, the Wentz thing has got to be a little bit of uncertainty. I mean, like, Foles was great in a small sample size last
1: year, but Carson Wentz. I thought Carson
0: Wentz was amazing when I watched him play.
1: Yeah, he he looks very good. I agree. I mean, he was
0: just frigging good. But Uh, he's
1: also protected by the best offensive line in football, so.
0: Yeah, certainly helps, but I mean like you saw and that's interesting because didn't they lose Jason Peters last year? Was that last year they lost Peters?
1: Um yeah, so someone who was it? I, I think it might have been Bill Barnwell. He he made some comment uh, cuz people were saying that Dak Prescott isn't the same with um without Ezekiel Elliott. And then he said nobody's talking about this, but like when I think it was Jason Peters. Um with with Jason Peters like Carson Wentz was like amazing, but he was like even like his splits were, were, he was horrible without him though. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, offensive linemen matter. Left tackle is very important. And, and but, but well, especially players, like someone Jason good. Peters' caliber, right? But he's, he's only the fourth best offensive lineman on that team behind uh, Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, Jason, and Jason Here Kasich. we go. You're naming
0: offensive linemen now. Now I know that you've completely jumped the shark. <laughs> uh, okay. So that's, that's what we like. Um, do you want to talk futures at all i mean we kind of walked through those but are there any
1: other features yeah. that you want to
0: talk about let's
1: let's um so i was looking through the westgate prices um right before we started recording and going from um the top down i i like minnesota at 12 to 1. um i like and then basically a bunch of big underdogs seattle at 60 to 1. i think they should be 23 to 1. Um, Tampa Bay at 300 to 1, they should be only like 200 <laughs> 1. Baltimore at 30 to 1, they should be 22 to 1. The Redskins at 100 to 1, they should be like 40 to 1. Uh Jets at 200 to 1. And Jets are interesting cuz you have like I mean I, I you know, Darnold makes them about a point worse than than McCown does right now, but you you make that trade-off if you're the Jets because he's going to get better with experience. Every quarterback starts somewhere. And so I, I think, you know, I think it's a good move by the Jets. But um, then also Miami at eighty to one, I think they should be fifty-five to one, and Cincinnati at eighty to one, they should be fifty to one. But so you think I'm,
0: Miami yeah. should be fifty to one?
1: A uh, fifty-five to 55 fifty-five. I'm looking at
0: them at plus uh, one hundred forty-five to one. Ah, well, I, I like that a lot better. <laughs> I mean, they're below average. That's team, absurd. That almost, say, almost looks like, like a typo. Like, I they have how, they have the worst odds. Oh no, the Bills have the worst odds at one fifty to one. I mean, the theme here. Part Derek, of this, part just, of this is just this this idea of like everyone being clustered a little bit.
1: That that's entirely what it is. It's the fact yeah. that I don't have any team that low except the yeah. Bills. Like the yeah. the Bills are a negative let's go, six on Matthew go, Peabody, and the Saints are a plus four point seven. Let's go burn this money instead.
0: Of, let's go burn this money instead of betting it. it <laughs> okay. See, now yeah, we're
1: gonna that's do like, our that's 10 and a half points between the best and worst team right now, which seems very small. And, you know, I it's gonna I mean, get, It's going to get, it's going to get larger. This is a
0: theme we, this is a theme we should explore throughout the season. Like, is this spread of teams as, you know, close together as sort of Rufus is indicating and as Massey Peabody is
1: indicating. But Jeff, can, can I comment on that really quickly and say that
0: you can comment on anything?
1: And I do generally.
0: Yes. Uh, Who am I to stop you? You just keep talking.
1: I think that uh, just it's like when I say I have the Minnesota Vikings projected with the most wins in football at 10.2 and the Bills with the least at 5.7. I'm not saying no team is going to win 11 games and no team is going to lose or lose 11 games. Right.
0: Right. I'm
1: just saying that we don't know who they're going to be. I still think they'll probably be a team that goes 13 and three probably and a team that goes three and 13. Right. We just don't know who. So I think we will see a big, a much bigger difference between the best and the worst teams. We just don't know. This is the nature of of analytics. Exactly. I think it's a good lesson. Yes.
0: Okay. Let's do our picks this week. And we're going to do five picks in the NFL each again. And uh, again, trying not to contradict because the contradict picks aren't very useful to you. Um, or, I or have contradic- yet another caveat, which is that which is that what?
1: Are <laughs> um, contra- you love Are contradict pics your favorite kind of dick pics?
0: <laughs> I put some contradict pics up on uh, Snapchat, <laughs> and they're gone now because it's, it's ephemeral. Okay, so again, <laughs> you my just my say my ephemeral too. E- eph- 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 ephemeral? ephemeral, ephemeral. There we go. There we go. Yeah, I say some words wrong. Uh, you can say it effeminately. Anyways, uh, so I will start, and um, my or our analytical system that I did with some people doesn't kick in until I think week three for pregames, because we, I think, don't use priors quite the way you do, (coughs) which is probably wrong. But anyway, so let's start. Uh, Cleveland plus four over Pittsburgh. And I wanted to ask you what you make this line, given sort of what we talked about. And I was surprised because you said you didn't like my NFL
1: picks. So would be curious to see what you say here. Well, you, you're well. Actually, I, I make the line minus two point four for Pittsburgh.
0: Okay, so you don't hate this pick.
1: And the player player model makes it spot on four. So you don't hate this pick. I don't hate it. No. Uh,
0: I think it's just home dog. Uh, Cleveland. You know, Tyrod. Big upgrade, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Not much more to say. Move on. How,
1: how does how does Hugh Jackson factor in?
0: The thing is, like, I just can't decide whether Hugh Jackson's a terrible coach or not. Like, I mean, his results obviously are terrible. But like, you, like you said, like Cleveland was better last year than than you know maybe their record would indicate, and the record indicated that they're they're well, obviously terrible. Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard confusing. to see.
1: It's hard to be and But like he was obviously a great indicator. coordinator,
0: right? He was a good coordinator,
1: so who knows? He was, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, it hasn't seemed like his process is that good either, though, because there's a lot of head-scratcher decisions he seems to make.
0: There's a lot of head-scratcher decisions that organization seems to make. So, That's a good point. I
1: think it's that owner who keeps meddling. But Yes. Okay, I'll start with, um, with why did I write San Diego in there? That's crazy. I literally wrote San Diego, even though in my doc it says LA Chargers. And but
0: I literally did not even notice anything wrong I didn't
1: notice it. until just now. Can,
0: how many years is it going to be before we stop doing this shit?
1: I mean, yeah, it's... Okay, so the Chargers... LA Super um, It was between, like, it looked like it was m- between minus three and minus three and a half, and I want to be fair in what I'm giving out here. So what do you think? We'll we'll call it... What do we call it? In my doc, no, it's we minus it, 3.25. We can
0: call it minus three and a half. Does it matter to you?
1: Well, it matters if the game
0: lands know, on three. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, we can I, we can call it let's call it minus three and a half. Let's just Okay. Let, we're gonna be, be
1: tough. Let's be tough on each other. I think that's good. And now when people call us out, we'll be like we took the Chargers at three and a half when there were threes out there. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. I make them a six point favorite. I think that yeah. Um anti Mahomes, the Chargers are a very solid team across the board, I think. Um above average. I like that. Charves of this year, above average. Uh,
0: Niners plus six and a half over the Vikings. Uh, I like that a lot less now that I know how much you like the Vikings. Um, but I just, I don't know. For me, it's the Niners played really well at the end of last year. Obviously, that's the narrative going into this year. Maybe they're overrated. Maybe Jimmy G's overrated. I'm going to roll the dice on that one.
1: It feels like people. There is a narrative generally that teams that pick it up at the end of the year and in fantasy that players that pick it up at the end of the, the year, previous season, are, are sort of going to pick up where they left off. And it's one that I've looked into and not really found anything there. But that said, I don't I, I don't really show value. I mean, I have the Vikings minus eight there, but not enough to play. So, hmm. um, so I'm not I'm not I don't agree with you, but but I'm not putting my money there. Uh, I'm going to take. I hate doing this because it's not a huge pick, play, but but I'm gonna take Seattle plus three at Denver. Um, yeah, I I, I make the spread. Um, Seattle plus zero point two. You know, I, Earl Thomas being out. You know, I, I I put the pick down before I looked and saw that Earl Thomas is actually worth more than a point to Seattle, but I'm gonna stick with it.
0: Okay, uh, the Bengals plus two and a half over Indy. Um you know obviously Indy was very bad last year they get back Andrew Luck how valuable is he going to be to them um i like the bengals this year i think they're a little bit of an underrated team um you know and and i think that indy was bad last year and it just wasn't it wasn't just andrew luck um so don't don't think the bengals when i when i originally put this down it was plus 3 so Hopefully it'll go back up to plus three for all you people that hear
1: this podcast later, but we'll use two and a half as the number. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I, I got a little plus three myself and yeah, I, I agree with everything you said there. I'm going to take the Chicago bears with Khalil Mack against the Packers. So I make that, um, that game a little less than six, 5.9 and um, with Khalil Mack and, and sort of, my player model it's even better so um yeah go chicago all right
0: i'll take the tampa bay Yuccaneers plus nine and a half over your new orleans saints the number one team in the nfl this is simply the fact that i just don't think fitzpatrick is that much worse than <laughs> Jameis personally i kind of and agree and i think and i think that like uh, well, Fitzpatrick is cool, because he went to Harvard, and I've hung out with him. He married the sister of a fraternity brother of mine, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the Bucks still have a lot of talent on their team, so nine and a half seems like a lot of points to me. 300 to one, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Um, I'll take the Raiders, which, by the way, the Raiders, I don't know what the hell they're doing the, you know they trade they they give up um what do they give up a third rounder from Artavis bryant and then a fifth rounder for aj mccarron which kind of says they don't care about draft picks and then they trade for two they, they pull off a great trade in my opinion giving up two first or getting two first rounders for cool mac who's gonna be a free agent next year but i'm gonna take him here plus four um well maybe it means they overvalue first round picks versus the rest of the picks Maybe it possible. means there's
0: just no really clear organizational Process, philosophy here. Yeah, they're that's, just that's, that's probably kind of, that's probably more likely. It's all jumbled so, together. So our As a friend Redskins Doug, fan, I'm
1: familiar with that.
0: Our friend Doug Kazarian tweeted out earlier that if you're gonna bet the Rams that you should wait to bet uh, sorry, that you should not wait to bet this game, you should bet it now because he says with all teasers and money lines and blah 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 by Monday night, the Rams are gonna be much more than a four-point favorite. Do you believe that if you like
1: Oakland, you should wait? Hmm, that's an interesting point. I generally don't agree with the philosophy of waiting in general. You, you just don't agree with Doug. I generally. mean, I, I didn't say that. Um, I, Like, for example, I, I got this game at, at five and four and a half earlier. Like, just like I got the Bears at nine. Bragger, bragger. Um, but I'm, I guess what I'm saying is that generally when there's value, the market tends to move. Um, tor- Like, if you have a good model, the mar- market's going to tend to move your way. And so there are times it doesn't move my way like tennessee last week and there's times it moves hard like i got baltimore earlier at minus four and now they're minus seven and a half like I mean that's. but
0: this will be interesting to watch because this is a clear this is clear this is a uh, square versus sharp sort of argument right like the sharp smart models are pulling this money this number down to four yeah right essentially what you're saying and what Doug is saying is that the the non sharps, i.e. the public, is going to push this up um, during game time. And I mean, when it comes to game time, because people are going to have things tied to this, whatever it is, right? Yeah, yeah. So Although, it, it essentially is. A, it'll it'll be interesting to see which direction this goes, because you know, Doug is representing the the pro, the the public or the non sharp point of view.
1: No, I do understand that narrative. That Monday night you're going to have all this this action coming in late and. And you know it's sort of the but favorite this is like over, a cla- right? this is one the of those classic
0: over. this is one of the classic ones where you do watch a game like this because um, you can get end up getting value via analytical systems because the public does come in late on some of these games and like if you watch and wait and wait, this is an interesting thing because you always talk about like the market meaning more around game time, but maybe in a situation like this it doesn't really meet, have more predictive power at game time like that. I don't know. You, you know, think? I
1: don't know because it's it, it is the first week of the season, so it's not just like a standard week seven Monday night game, right? I mean, the the Super Bowl is a is a game where the market doesn't mean as much because there's so much square, um, there's so much square action relative to sharp money. And yeah. so I guess the question is how much square money is really coming in. And, and you could also say, hey, we're gonna there's gonna be a lot more money coming in square money coming into the market now with the legalization. I don't know how I don't know if that's actually true or not, or if the money um in the the money in the United States is going even make much of a difference in the global market. I tend to think I at mean, this point. I don't mean no, sh- I don't think exactly. even mean shit right now
0: that there's like Double-digit waiting lines or whatever in Mississippi and West Virginia. I was like, "Who gives a fuck?" Sorry, right. people Anyways, are waiting in uh, the line to
1: make twenty-dollar bets. Pro- probably right. It's just, it's just ridiculous.
0: Okay, Carolina minus three over Dallas is my last one. Um, I generally like Carolina this year. Uh, going to this year, I mean, like, I think they got hurt last year by injuries, obviously on defense, and um, it would be it'll be nice if they have Kuechly back, etc. Um, I guess. It's interesting because it doesn't seem like you are anti-cowboys this year, but th- it seems like there's some anti-cowboy sentiment out there because of the potential injuries on the offensive line. Um, but it sounds like you think that some of the backups they have, et cetera, are still good. So uh, Carolina my three. That's my fifth pick.
1: Uh, I agree that their offensive line isn't what it was. It's it's ranked 13th in the NFL now, according to my numbers. And, um, but, uh, but I think that the narrative largely is the fact that like last year, going into last year, you had, I think people expected Prescott to be great. And now people are like, is he still, is he the quarterback for the Cowboys? Like, whatever. He was,
0: he was pretty good last year. Still, yeah. I mean, even I, with all the, even all the problems they had, people just overreact. And, and a team that has a coach that doesn't actually have a scheme. I mean, he has no scheme. Oh, God, like, yeah. The, 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 How the, the is he still line. head
1: coach? It's because Jerry Jones basically wants to be de facto head coach. But uh, he, my thinks,
0: he thinks that, he thinks that he's the dude from uh um uh billions yeah he
1: thinks he's yeah
0: anyways gingers uh what's your
1: last pick great show by the way um i'm gonna take the the patriots i'm gonna take the patriots laying six here and Masty peabody makes it 8.1 but the player the player levels god this is like classic this is the anti Deshaun creeping up again isn't it the the player level model is so high in new england relative to houston because they have new england is a far and away number one because they rate brady like i say they my model rates brady or you know i like the the they thing i like
0: like giving models their own personality
1: their own pronouns oh they do have they is good
0: because it's very gender non-specific in this day and age where gender (laughs) is a spectrum it's better to just say they for any of these things. don't say he or she just they or you could say he she something like that anyways uh okay well there so, we go yeah that's it this is a long podcast it was but i think we had a lot to cover i thought it was interesting with the exception of my talk about the instant replay but it was whatever. fine
1: i think we, we could have spent more time on nfl stuff i think um, we could have spent a lot more time on it but but i think that... well
0: we have a, a whole lot of podcasts to go to talk sure. more about this stuff and it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. i, I like your picks when i look at your picks I think I like them all
1: except maybe Oakland, but whatever. See, that's and funny because I, I don't like my picks. I look at them and I'm like, this, you know, this I like, well, so you've gotten me creatively? now
0: into this, you've gotten me now into this theme that Seattle could be underrated. And I, the chart, I really like this Chargers pick. I think after, you know, um, we get off the phone, I'm going to fly to Las Vegas and put a bet down on the Chargers um, legally. And um, yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. Nice. No. I, I
1: just tend to like, I just tend to fall victim to all the same things that the public does, I think. And that's if, if I was betting on my own and actually like when I evaluate, when I look at the teams, I'm like, oh, this doesn't make sense. But those are the picks that win when they don't make sense. All right. Well, we're going to work on our
0: blog. I mean, we could just put these up on Massey Peabody, too. That's true. But yeah, that might be the easiest thing. Unless you just don't want me affiliated with Massey Peabody, which is fine. No, not, it's totally fine. Take it pers- we, we could do that. As a, a, we could do that. I won't that as take a, it personally
1: is a placeholder but okay. I think we should have a dope ass website
0: alright I'm gonna hire someone to make us a dope ass website with all the proceeds that we make off of this exactly. okay uh, with Anybody that you wanna do it for free <laughs> with, that, with that that's it uh, thanks guys we'll talk to you the